This is Bragg, the son of Balan, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. Beacons are lit! Lotro calls for aid. And Brog shall answer. Amon! Dinner! Dinner time, Amon! Come and get it! That's right. Somewhere in the foothills of Far Norian, hope is kindled for the 90th time. Welcome back to Light the Beacons, the only Lotro podcast that dares to say... My, 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 that is some curious goo you've got there. This is episode number 90, and the way has been long and windy, but I remain your host, Brag of the Lonely Mountain, the Sultan of Shieldswipe, the Earl of Agro, Exile of Erebor, and Dwarf of Ill Repute. I am broadcasting live from temporary LTB MEWHQ, far from Fethethelion, and you know what? It was going to be the Iron Hills, but we are calling an audible because I have, for the first time, found the community of Wistmead that has joined us for the Harvest Festival this year. And uh, we'll be going more into the update lands of update number 23 as we penetrate the podcast. But right now, since this is the first time I've actually ever gone to Wistmead, I thought this would be a nice kind of uh, real-time discovery. Let me see. Boo-ha-ha. Did I scare you? Looking back, the down the path that I came, there's uh, dark trees overarching the path. It looks like a spooky hollows kind of view, uh, vibe to it. I really like it. Neato torpedo. And as I walk up, Bingo wants to talk to me. He's standing next to a couple scattered pumpkins on the ground, an ugly green jack-o'-lantern, rotten jack-o'-lantern, which looks kind of interesting. What's that nose made out of? And uh, kind of a ratty lantern with candles sticking out of it. Looks like it's been... uh, Looks like the candles are actually floating outside the lantern. They might want to take a look at that. But, you know, that's the way this stuff goes. Uh, I have my my sunny day's kite out to keep my uh, spirits up as I travel around Wistmead. And it is named Death from the Skies, appropriately. That's my kite's name. So I'm going to talk to Bingo. Let's see what he has to say. I must say, well, all right, go. No, I'm not going to do Bingo's voice like that. That wouldn't be very good. But something like it. Let's see. Let's try it again. We'll, we'll find it. Well, I must say, well, all right, Goldworthy has done a quite a nice job of... No, that I can't do that for a full thing. You'd, you'd be sick of it. Hang on. Let me see. I must say. I must say. I must say. Well, I must say. I must say, Walric Goldworthy has done quite a nice job of creating a spooky atmosphere for the Harvest Festival here at Wistmead. This is where we should have told our scary stories in the first place. Bragg, can you imagine what Denotis might have done if we tried scaring him here instead? Even the least frightening story might be more convincing when told in this atmosphere. I encourage you to find my various cousins, the lot of them once removed, and see what they think of the games here in Wistmead. 
but do not forget to remain alert for any suspicious activities. There may be an apparition on hand seeking to conduct some nefarious purpose. And if this curse of his is real, we want to know about it in time to prevent it from being carried out. Even so, try to have fun anyway, Bragg. It would be a shame to spoil all of Mr. Goldworthy's work with an excess of caution and worry. Wistmead really does seem like a fitting location for spooky fun, after all. I saw Angelica making a beeline for the ponies to the northwest, and Barilak mentioned something about taking a snooze near the maze. Find them first, and see what they think of Wistmead. Well, Bingo, I shall accept your quest. Ha 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 ha. Uh, and I'm not following your instructions. Instead, I am going to a spooky little cemetery off to the left. I just crossed the path of a black cat. Can I make out any of the names on the headstones? Let's take a closer look. It's a sun pattern. Looks like I don't see any writing. Some etchings, perhaps. Uh, that one is decrepit. That one's fallen apart. No RIPs. No, like, here lies Fred was alive now dead you know that kind of stuff or your name could be here inquire within the kind of stuff you find at uh, haunted houses this time of year I'm following the creepy lanterns that have candles that are floating a little too far to the right outside of them and uh, that looks like the location of the wheat maze I am guessing I am gonna maybe I should do a real-time wheat maze wouldn't that be something? And uh, you could... Ooh, someone's already a maze master. Lucky son of a guns. Alright, let me talk to... Beriak Boffin. He's sitting here at the base of the Wheeze Maze. It's kind of surrounded by scrub grass on either side. There's spooky music. Here's a little pumpkin scarecrow. That's one of the ones that I know you can get uh, from the uh, festival barterers. If you work up enough tokens. It's kind of neat looking, actually. I'm tempted. All right, let's see what Bearlock has to say. Oh, it's you, Bragg. I came with my brothers and sisters to whisk me, but I'm quite ready to leave. I was promised Harvest Festival fun, but this does not seem terribly enjoyable to me. All I want to do is to curl up here outside of this maze and take a restful nap, but I have not been able to get comfortable. There is just something about this place that keeps me awake. And that is most unusual. Why, I would say it is a first. I will keep trying. Are my siblings having a better time than I am? I hope so. But above all, I just wish I could take a nap. It's usually not a problem. All right. We have spoken Bariak. We'll go over to the Wismead Helper. Who are we supposed to find next? I just want someone to give me a quest to go into the maze so I can run it. Ah, there she is. Angelica's off to the left. And she's talking to speaky, spooky skeleton steeds. A white one and a green one just sitting here mocking Draculetta. Hello there, Bragg. Will you look at these beautiful ponies? No, that's no good. Hi there, Bragg. Will you look at these beautiful ponies? Aren't they simply delightful? I understand that Carl Proudfoot had loaned them to Koala Goldworthy for the duration of the Harvest Festival. They have been painted with these frightening but adorable designs. If I did not love horses and ponies as much as I do, I might be quite chilled to see them. But I do, and I am not. I am having a lovely time here in Wismead. Everything scary I've seen seems to be on purpose, Bragg. Cousin Mingo's curse must have nothing to do with this place after all. And he likely worries for nothing. I will stay here with the ponies. Everything seems fine to me. 
Top to Camellia Bothan by the Tables in Wistmead. I hope that I'm running through these to open up. That's a creepy laugh. That sounds almost uh, child's play-ish. Let me see. There's more tables off to the right. I'll try there. I don't know how long I'm going to pursue this. I can't. I've got a podcast to do. I can't be all night about this. But I was hoping. Whoa! The wolf is curling. Very scary. Here she is. Let's see if this opens up the maze. Welcome to Wistmead Brag. I spoke with Wayne Harry. He told me there was a good water in the field. And the new harvest president, in fact, I took the time to get a spoon. Now she came in. Naturally, this doesn't make it. Could you go pick one of Holly's pies? Holly's pies? Horrors from the tents on the other side of the field. Cabulia lowers her voice conspiratorially. I must warn you about something, Bragg. The pie filling has been fashioned with blackberries and currants and should be delicious. But Holly Homeblowers made it look as if the pies are filled with creepy crawlies and spiders. A number of hungry hobbits may try to get in your way, but give them a good look at the pie and they will surely leave you alone. Pick up a spider pie in Wismead and carry it to Camellia Boffin. Interesting. Hmm. Alright, let's see where this rabbit hole goes. So you must show the pie to them. That's different. What if I just avoided them like I have always done? Ooh, there's spiderlings over here by Fosco. Don't see any pies. Nope. Don't. Don't see them. How about over here? Nope. How about here? Nope. Wistmead helpers, festival party goers. Well, I have to say, this is refreshing. Seeing a dedicated Harvest Festival area that they can expand on over time, potentially. Me likey. Shades of winter home, one might say. All right. We are walking. We're walking. I don't see any eyeballs. We're walking. And we have to bring it to who? With a what? Uh, that quest direction. Woo, Hungry Hobbit, look out. I'm supposed to show it to him, but I just avoided him instead. Camellia thanks you for the pie, but Griffo eyes it with distaste. Oh, boy. Okay, this is a rabbit hole. Hang on one moment. Okay, here I was following the quest of Bingo Boffin, when all I needed to do was to talk to Walric... What's his name? And uh, now, Ermintrude Haybank. And she is asking me to enter the Wistmead Wheat Maze and do not cheat. So I am now accepting this challenge. And I am stepping forward into the Wheat Maze for the first time. And it is approximately... Okay, I've got my finger on the watch. And... Ooh, i got two minutes. Uh-oh. Trouble. Two minutes. And I see my speed boost is disabled, hatefully. And there's a dead end. Okay. And I saw a map today, but as I understand it, the maze is constantly refigured. So that's one out of four potential options for its configuration. Seems to be making some progress through the southeast quadrant, though. I bet all the mazes will make you go through most of the quadrants over time. And this seems to be productive. I am heading in the right direction. I'm guessing it's going to go this way. I haven't been over here yet. 
and I am turning left and I am turning right and I am standing up sitting down and fighting 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 well I have a minute and seven seconds left so I certainly hope I am not hitting a dead end but I think most of the dead ends are pretty short and right now I am penetrating things pretty quickly 56 seconds remaining Ooh, this is a tough choice I'm gonna go in I'm gonna take a left I'm gonna take a right if I've made an improper decision here, I've got 44 seconds remaining. Things are misty. They're dark. They're dull. No, I'm dull. It's exciting. 35. 32. Uh, hopefully nearing some kind of breakthrough or I'm in big trouble. 30, 22 seconds. 21. I think I might be close. 16 oh shoot 13 oh this is gonna be tough 10 9 oh no a dead end I think I was close to turn it 2 1 time is up oh you gotta be kidding me I don't think I made one wrong turn I think and let me see here's the entrance I needed like another 10 seconds. Wow, that is tight. <laughs> I, I made it through almost with no back turns, almost the whole way until I hit one dead end. That wasn't even very far. And I think I was a good 10 seconds short of finishing on time. So I can see this is going to take some uh, some repetition to master without speed buff boofs, boof, buff boofs. You know what a buff boof is? You know what I'm talking about. Alright, so um, I gotta run around the edge of the maze. Ooh, I found a shirtless hobbit. Spiritless, that's different. Very different, as a matter of fact. Boo! And he says, Oi, I didn't even hear you coming! Looks like I cheered him up. That'll teach him. Alright, I'm not gonna let you uh, suffer me through all these multiple, whatchamacall, who's it's, um, of the maze run. Uh, I think we should move on to our next beacon. That was Beaconess Interruptus. Try again. Better. The second beacon of Elinok, a review of the agenda. As usual, first we got to deal with Alana C, R, A, and P. Corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. It's pretty much clap. Last time out, we offended pretty much all the members of the Fellowship of the Ring. Inhabitants of the, inhabitants of the Chetwood, Saruman's Urux and Elves, and to everyone else that was offended, we offer a solemn and very heartfelt herb. Sorry. Viewer comments. Uh, agree to disagree. Listen, technology being what it is, uh, pretty sure that some of them are viewers. Okay? If you're not a viewer, check your settings. Uh, first of all, let's do stuff. Done. Let's check the leaderboard. The last review of the podcast was left by Pomme de Air on August 14th of 2018, and he currently has our high score. As always, if you want to join this ragtag fugitive fleet of reviewers, what you can do is leave me an iTunes review. Or, alternatively, if you recover all of Bilbo's buttons from Goblin Town, you can write a character on each of them, sew them into a natty jacket, which you can wear to Aragorn's wedding atop the prow of Minas Tirith, and I shall decipher them using a spyglass from atop the Tower of Ecthelion during the ceremony. 
please try not to jump up and down. It makes it more difficult. Viewer feedback. There's none. Oh, wait. There's some. Hey, Bragg. Thank you for another great show. Laughing a lot, Master Dwarf. I have six 100, level 115 tunes to get through update 23. And good thing half of them have not finished Mordor and none of them are done with Erebor. That means I have an extra XP before I get to the new zone. Looking forward to a dwarf theme zone. Have not really seen that since Moria. Keep the beacons lit, Master Dwarf. Signed, Braggenthorn. Thanks, Braggenthorn. Yes, agreed. Um, being a little bit overleveled when you get into the new zone certainly couldn't hurt you. And let me see. I mean, there have been, had to have been some dwarf zones since Moria, right? Uh, maybe consider uh, the peak of uh, Nars Peak is sort of dwarfy. Let me see. What else we got? Any other major settlements on the way? I'm thinking back to the expansions. Uh, Great River, not really. Gondor settlements, not really. Uh, Eastern Gondor, not really. Mordor, we found some dwarves, but we didn't really have any dwarvish architecture. Uh, Erebor, obviously. Yeah, and the new dwarven zones are super cool. Uh, if I think of any other major dwarfy areas that have been kind of hidden away in some of the uh, territories that we've uh, reviewed since then, I will bring them up. But Nars Peak is the only one that majorly comes to mind until we hit Erebor. So it is exciting times in the game, and we'll talk a lot more about that in a little bit. From Twitter, no tweeting, no twits. Uh, community Spotlight. Um, I did want to mention something funny I saw out on, uh, out on the interwebs since the last podcast a post by martina m-a-a-r-t-e-n-a -A where she made a splash screen um you may remember the where dragons dwell splash screen that came out with up to 23 and she transformed it into where cordovans dwell splash screen kind of hyperimposing his face on one of the major dragons attacking us and it was pretty funny so nice job martina go take a look for that on twitter if you get a chance um uh, and this was in response to the new update screen that that mentioned that the new update 23 there was some text on the bottom of it setting it includes new flora quests as well as the battle of the black gate for levels up to 105 so they had substituted the graphics and forgot to change some of the text on the bottom of the screen when update 23 come out uh yeah that was a little bit of poor quality control uh i can imagine hey while i'm sitting here i'm gonna run up to another spiritless hobbit who's kicking a pumpkin nice guy and he says, Oi, I didn't hear you coming. And he stopped kicking momentarily and is walking away. Kicking a pumpkin. And I noticed he didn't puncture the pumpkin with his foot, which means uh, the little hobbit was too weak to even puncture a pumpkin with his foot. Here's another one. She's just staring down a spooky path. Oh, you know what? This is the same one I talked to earlier. This is interesting. This is just like the elves in the northern kingdoms who walk away and then regrow in the same spot. And then you can you can trigger them again, and the cooldown timer is only about looks like 10 seconds, and they're back up. And you can hit the same spirited hobbits again and again. Although that's not that fun. Let me go find a new one. There he is, sitting on a stone wall. It's not that far apart, so ha! Perhaps whisked me to spookier than I thought. <laughs> here's one looking at some ruins and she says boop 
Oh, so that's how it's going to be. I'll not be left out of the fun. <laughs> you know, while I was sitting here, like 22 rings popped up. That's <laughs> one of the other spiritless uh, guys materialized. I think they may have overkilled the uh, number of options available there. Oh, now I can't click on the same one again. This is interesting. There's something weird going on with this quest for sure. Let me see how many we got. Uh, oh, it's because I finished. That would explain. So it's time to talk to Walaric, which kind of sounds like a walrus. Uh, well, well, I can hear the hoots and cheers from here. Perhaps I was a little too hasty in my thinking. Thank you, Bragg. That will be all. And I have three festival focans, testival focans. And uh, what I did notice is, of course, since I'm not yet level 120, even on my main, I'm getting XP for festival quests. Uh, the other thing I noticed is I'm participating in the Harvard Festival activities. I have five of seven. Unlike previous seasons where you got a fragment of an essence, uh, it's just an additional five tokens that you get. As well as some legendary item experience. Thank goodness for that. I was really concerned that we might run out of legendary item experience. Uh, actually, I'll take it back. Okay, it could be useful. Uh, if you've got a new tune that has not gone into the new zones yet, you have three new levels on your legacy legendary items that you can pump XP into. So, hey, could be actually helpful. And uh, I jumped the gun on that one. I take that comment back. Let's go to the forums real quickly. There's pitchfork and torches, there's harumphing and grumbles. People seem to be happier with the rebalancing, though, that went into update 23 before it was released. Especially fixes to the champion skill animations, which were apparently a large issue. Uh, there's still still a number of complaints uh, that the landscape and some of the tier 1 instance mobs are laughable in terms of challenge. Uh, and I think that was also being fine-tuned in the dot release that came out this week. Uh, I've also been reading about some significant love being given to PVMP releasing uh, to try to balance a few things that have been out of whack for quite some time, including some buffing of the base stats of the creeps, uh, new creep corruption slots to allow for more customizability, and decrease in free NPC hit points to try to balance versus creep-freep damage outputs. As far as I know, the Warleader DPS is still slower than the Captain's, so there is that. But I have been hearing reports that creeps are dominating the moors right now as freaks scramble to level to 120 and get their new instance gear, which would supposedly uh, balance the playing field. But uh, creeps have not had an upper hand for quite some time, so I think that's uh, a nice advantage slash step. Uh, other more recent feedback I've read says the moors are as balanced as they've been in quite some time. And... Uh, that advantage may not last long, as I mentioned, as we start to penetrate the upcoming instances and raids and get even better gear that might be coming available. But for now, creep advantage. Let's get out there and start creeping. I might have to log into my creep. It's been a long time. And uh, if stats are superior, you know, maybe there's some more activity out there from the creeps uh, willing to give it a shot for once. Uh, let me see... Uh, what was happening up until last week, however, is that classic level players, people that wanted to uh, use the Stone of the Tortoise at level 150, are foaming at the mouth. As you know, there are a number of kins in the game that like to play classic Lotro at level, one f at level 50 
without the advantages of legendary items and or gear that followed with Mines, Mines of Moria and so forth. And um, what's been reported is that they have become so uber powerful or the mobs on the landscape so uber weak um, that the content has become laughable at level 50. So there are wide reports that early level tunes are struggling a bit more, but the characters between level 35 and 50 are now officially god mode, uh, soloing 12-man raids with ease. Level 50 12-man raids at level 50, soloing with ease. So, you know, where is the fun in destroying everything with no challenge? Uh, it does seem to be an infinitely complex issue when you consider what needs to be kept in alignment for each character, each character type, at each level range, for each trait spec, right, three per character type, when overall capabilities of your tune are impacted by virtues, skills, LI legacies, LI relics, gears, uh, that may or may not have set bonuses, essences, uh, stats calculations that are constantly changing, uh, FMs which are not uh, applicable depending on level, uh, the consumables and buffs that are available in the game, etc. So um, that uh, you know is something that I think I think SSG from what I've read has been trying to work on, trying to simplify the algorithms that go into character evolution in the game so that when they do add new levels and they do revise how stats work um, they have uh, some level of automation and how it ripples down to the levels below it but uh, this was a serious issue in the forums people threatening to quit saying the only reason they still played the game was to get together with level 50 kinmates and do rift runs and uh Urgarth runs and karm doom runs and Helograd runs and uh that that had been stripped from them and if it wasn't fixed real soon they were going to be unhappy customers and leaving now the latest uh dot update i believe was supposed to address some of those issues but i have not gone out to the forum since it was released to see if it has um to see it has rectified the issue what i do expect though is that it's going to be the kind of issue which will have to be uh, tweaked over time. It's going to be a journey and uh, not a single change that's going to make it. Like I said, because of all the complexities that are involved there, I do think they're going to have to continue to make tweaks at different levels or work on the, the algorithm curve um, as characters level in order to be able to make it work. So um, hopefully it is close enough that it gives people hope that their issues will be addressed. And I'm going to stop and save. Okay, I'm back. So uh, the reason I stopped to save is I, <laughs> I heard my fan go on to my computer quite, quite loudly. And uh, what I've been finding recently, and this may be a uh, reflection of update 23, is that I, I seem to be having more desktop crashes since the update. It's not terrible. It's not as bad as it's been in the past in some cases, but it has increased in frequency. And obviously, when I crash the desktop, I lose everything that's going on, which included the entire previous section of the podcast, which is probably a good 10 or 20 minutes in length. So uh, I may periodically save here a bit more than usual just to make sure I'm not, uh, you know, I, I've been pretty, pretty good over 90 episodes not having major technical difficulties where I had to re-record entire sections of the cast. And I would like to preserve that record. So, I believe I was talking about uh, the maintenance of level 50 characters in the game, and there are new major announcements which will impact that, which I will talk about in an upcoming beacon. 
but uh, issues with update 23 also included wrong level gear being dropped in instances like uh, Samoth Gall, School of Famardane, etc., that had triple normal values uh, and were not level gated, right? So it could be applied to level 50 characters way above and beyond what they should be wearing at that level. Uh, Vastin, one of the uh, one of the devs in the game, stated they would all be nerfed. So don't waste time farming these pieces of gear because all the gear that people had farmed would be nerfed when they made the fix. But the big concern is that people are noting in the forums is that this stuff was apparently reported on Bullroar months ago, and they decided to go live with it anyway. Uh, you know, hmm, which is telling me a. They didn't have enough people to review all the feedback that was coming out of Bull Roar, right, due to manpower issues. Or they decided, uh, you know, getting the update out is more important than uh, spoiling the experiences of some of these uh, types of interests in the game because it's a, a relatively smaller group of characters versus those in NCAP. And we're going to go forward with it anyway. Either way is a little bit disturbing. I think the latter is maybe a bit more, uh, you know, I'd. I know they're the the loud ma ma minority instead of the silent majority, but the voices I've seen in the past have said, look, I'd rather they did another pass and got things cleaner before they came out rather than rushing the stuff into production. Um, what I will say about it is this, though. You know, when it, I, obviously I have a number of level cap tunes, and there are a number of issues that have been reported with the update, but... In my experience, going through the new regions and leveling and doing quests, I haven't hit too many of those issues. I understand a lot of the issue is around itemization at the instances, which you might not real or crafting stuff, which you might not really start until you're level 120. Um, you know, there's a gr good amount of content to go through to get from 115 to 120 and both the new landscape regions. So I really haven't seen that level of interest, but I do know there are people that do all the content the day it comes out by playing you know whatever 16 hours in a row and then immediately start complaining that uh the stuff that's supposed to come later is not is you know an end cap is not fixed i'm not saying the way they play is wrong i'm not judging it's different and it's a minority of the players in the game so that is something that's a fact i think that they need to keep in mind uh let me see so the latest update is supposed to have made adjustments with both these issues, but I am imagining this will be an ongoing saga for some of the reasons I noted above. And uh, that's enough for the forums right now. In this week's action-packed episode, we're going to talk a little bit of what we've been doing in-game these past few weeks with the new update. Uh, we are going to talk about an exciting announcement which just came out on Twitter from Lotro today. We're going to discuss the initial impressions for update 23. We will review the latest hotfix release notes, or I may decide not to do that just because. And lastly, if we need time remaining, we will probably just go play the new content because I haven't finished it yet. But if we want to have time for that, we better get moving along. To the third beacon of Nardal. You know, I don't mind the wolf howls, and I don't mind the creepy organ music. And I don't mind the whistling wind, but these little hobbits of the corn need to start stop chuckling in my ears, or I'm gonna lose it over here. Right? That's the creepiest part. Everyone agrees. All right, Nardal. 
Tomb Raider Anniversary. I played a little bit since last we spoke. Um, probably 15 to 25 hours into it. I'd say it's probably maybe two-thirds done. Something like that. Um, I played a little bit while patching recently. <laughs> you know, when the game's patching and you got nothing else to do. That's a nice to have a side game that you can pull up and play with. Um, movies. Movies and TV. So recently I watched the Netflix series Maniac. Uh which includes a Lord of the Rings-esque segment on it. Um, if you guys haven't heard about Maniac, it's kind of a dystopian future tale about two people in a uh, psychiatric trial for pharmaceuticals uh, that experience kind of uh, strange shared visions and dreams and... Uh, and find each other through their troubles. It stars Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. And although I found Jonah Hill's performance a little one note, Emma Stone was really good. And uh, some of the other characters in it are interesting. The production values are high and it's different. And I would say it's worth seeing. Um, especially if you liked movies like uh, Brazil or... Let me see what's that. The Cube or you know something a little offbeat or different... Uh, with a little bit of edge to it. There are some interesting graphics as well and some nice concepts. It's not a perfect series. It drags in some parts. Some of the stuff is more violent than it needs to be. Some of it's edgier than it needs to be. But it's got a good imagination at its core, and I do recommend it. I've also seen The Star is Born, which I enjoyed quite a bit. I thought the car concert performances were very exciting and thrilling, the way they were filmed from the entertainer's perspective, looking out into the crowds with shaky cam and the big overwhelming experience of stepping into the lights. Very well done. Uh, the music was good as well. Um, I appreciated both of the lead's performances. I also saw First Man with Ryan Gosling uh, that came out this past two weeks as well. Um, I found portions of it very interesting, exciting, uh, especially the tales of how uh, risky and uh, the early technology being employed to get to the moon was. You know, they were really doing it with duct tape and bailing wire and uh, minimal level of uh, computers and electronics, which is kind of astounding to look back on at this day and age. Uh, I thought the you know the movie had some soul but it was very understated in that respect and so it didn't quite grab me as much as say the martian or gravity or apollo 13 did i think all those movies were superior to first man but it was still good and if you liked uh you know the early eras of space travel um and fantasize about those things i would give them a shot oh by the way i am riding on my steed of the l what is it Got to look up the skill name because the horse doesn't say when you're sitting on it. The latest horse for the fall festival is the... Oh, mounts tab helps. It is called the Harbinger of Autumn Night. And I'll talk about it in a minute, but I just caught my eye because I'm sitting on it with some of the silver... Uh, gear that you got from the Isengard expansion uh, that I like to wear. Uh, I've got this silvery chainmail robe or scale mail robe that I like to wear underneath the um, the winter festival cloak of the snow beast with the horns on it and the big furry boots and the color scheme goes very well with the Steed of the Autumn Harbinger. 
Uh, he's wearing black barding with kind of a crackly thorn pattern on it and studded uh, barding that looks very ominous. He is all jet black and gray with glowing yellow eyes and uh, happens to match this outfit perfectly. So that's pretty cool. You know, another steed's another steed. Let me see if I can, if it'll give me a count how many I have now. I doubt that. Let me see. Collections panel, right? Sure, she. Mouch. It says I have 116 out of 175. I think I have more than that. I think there are a few horses that are not listed on the mounts panel yet uh, that they didn't go back and fill in yet. But still, pretty good haul. 116 mounts. I don't know how often I'll wear this one. Uh, but I could certainly, you know, some of the past Halloween uh, Halloween season ones have been some of the best ones lately. The one from last year was great, as I recall, and the last two, I believe. So, uh, so good job on the Halloween steeds. Where was I? Movies, all done. Books, all done. Let's go into what I've been doing in Lotro lately. Um, let me see. Oh, so... One of the uh, one of the things that came out with the latest release of update 23 is an eighth outfit slot, and I swear one of the first things I did when I logged in was go and click on that slot in the character panel, and it brings up the Lotro store and says no items found. So it wasn't only until a few days later when they announced the cosmetic slot bundle, uh, they came out with update 23, which includes some cosmetic gear. It includes. Um, what else? There's some, some mithril coins that came with it and a few other things. And I looked at it and I was considering it and I decided to hold off. Because uh, not as interested in the cosmetics. I don't really need the mithril coins right now. And I thought it was maybe a little bit overpriced. Um, but while I was looking, what I decided to do instead is buy what came up that I re didn't realize I hadn't bought in a while was a new Warsteed appearance slot. I've only ever had two, and I'm starting to accumulate a good number of Warsteed skins, especially on my main, and I thought it'd be nice to have a third one, especially since it's an account-wide unlock. I think it cost maybe $5.95 in Lotro points, which I had easily saved up. So I was pretty happy with that, having a new Warsteed slot. Uh, only makes the third one out of, let's see, one, two, three, seven that are available. I'd only had the two that were defaulted previously. And I think I'll still have enough Lotro points, especially with bringing characters through the new content, that I'll be able to get the new uh, cosmetic slot number eight when it comes out. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, Miner's helmet uh, that also came with the release was pretty cool. Uh, I think it would have been better if it had an active light beam coming out of the front of it. I I tried it on and I didn't didn't seem to think that was the case. Maybe it's because I was wearing a robe and you couldn't really see it. Let me try it on again right now since we're in the dark. Yes, this outfit at least it's not showing it. I think I gotta change. Alright, we're gonna try this out real time. Go to a different outfit that doesn't have a helmet. And you've gotta actually say you wanna wear that outfit when you change it. Doo -hoo. Outfit three. Here we go. And now we'll try on the miner's helmet. Which is around here someplace. I know you guys love listening to me fumbling around. Yeah, at least in the dressing room, it doesn't appear to shine, which would be, that's the only, I think it's the only reason I would wear it, and I don't know if I want to put it on and 
have to go find the head piece that I have for this outfit again. Uh, since it's cosmetic, I'd have to go to my wardrobe to fix it. Yeah. I'll experiment with it another time. It takes too long. What is that gift box? Doormat in a box. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's exciting. All right. I'll talk about that in a little bit. So the Miner Sandmat that came out with Update 23 is pretty cool. If it does have a light beam that shines out of it, then I I will consider crafting an outfit out of it with the 8th uh, cosmetic slot that I have. So Bragg has been moving his way through the content, which I'm going to save for the next segment. But to suffice to say, he is done with the new Erebor. He is done with the Iron Hills. He has completed the two new chapters in the block of Book of Mordor to get uh, an... Gosh, what is it? 80, 90th class trade point. He's maybe either half to two-thirds done with Aaron Mithrin, as best I can tell, and has tried the level 118 instance of Edderfang, all of which I will talk about a little bit. Uh, Harvest Math Festival, I just logged into today for the first time. I did four or five quests, which was enough with the tokens I had saved up from last year to get the new horse. And I've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up, so I will see if I have time for more. Uh, but I may not. Uh, we'll see. It looks like uh, the new Warsteed cosmetic slot has some kind of lantern accessory, which would be kind of cool. Um, it's hanging off my Harbinger Steed. Actually, I just noticed this. It's actually on the Harbinger Steed. So if you go before the Warsteed appearance for the Harbinger Steed, one of the things you can get uh, for accessories is a little yellow, yellow lantern that hangs off the back of the horse. Which is kind of fun. So I, I might see if I can get that piece at least. Uh, but it would not be bad to have this Warsteed appearance. Because uh, I must admit, it is pretty cool. So my mini has been idle. My cappy has been idle. My Loremaster has been idle. It's been all brag, all new content recently. Except for my Berg. Who's been polishing his LIs a little bit still. And did a few North Kingdom dailies here and there. Uh, which now give embers instead of keys. Uh, I completed the Northern Kingdom's rep factions, which included, uh, and for, for this reason, so I could get access to the teal gear that was available in North Kingdoms for all the tokens I'd build up on my Berg going through the Northern Kingdom's content. So uh, that gave me some level 340 gear pieces. It gave me two new level 345 teal earrings and maybe two to three new Northern Kingdom essences to toughen him up a little bit. So Berg is feeling a lot better right now. And uh, also, don't forget to immediately apply some IXP ruins when logging in to, for a new alt uh, to claim your three new levels and help with the content difficulty jump. Uh, I have maybe, I don't know, 100 IXP ruins of, you know, in between 500,000 and 938,000 uh, built up, you know, stacked in my vault. So I should have plenty for all my tunes once I get around to applying them for all of them. Uh, my hunter is still accumulating mortar rep, but really haven't logged him in. Bjorning is sitting idle. My champ is level 71, and while I was waiting for update 23, uh, completed Enidwaith, including the instances at Nars Peak, and on the Forgotten Road, where Candith stupidly tries to con a dead spirit into believing he is the heir of Isildur. Big surprise how that turned out. Hey, did you ever notice when doing the cursed road instance or the got forgotten road instance uh how the cursed britu who's like the lead of uh of the um oath breakers that are in there sounds like a russian kgb agent maybe it's just in my head but i'm reading the text right here i'm going to read it to you 
Candace is in the depths of Forsaken Road, confronting the Oathbreaker Bertu. Candace says, This seems to me a good sign, Bragg. If the Oathbreakers will fulfill their oath to Isildur, we will command an army the like of which has never been seen in Middle-earth. Surely victory will not be far behind. You have to defend Candace from the Oathbreakers. He must not be defeated. So Cursed Bertu says, Yes, I will consider it, but only if you can stand against the dead. Candace says, Witness the strength of the Dunedine and their allies. Hiya! Hiya! Cursed Bertu says, Yes, I am filled with the fear of you. Perhaps these others will do. Candace says, Bertu, enough of this. We need prove nothing to you. Hiya! Hiya! Cursed Bertu says, I think you do. <laughs> Candace says, We did not here come here to entertain your careless whims, Oathbreaker. Cursed Bertu says, and yet you do so most admirably. Come, my kin, slay them. Candace says, End this, Bertu, I command you to end this. Bertu says, I need not listen to your commands, warm blood. Candace says, Hold! Uh, I'm desperate. Uh, I have the authority to command you and all your kind, Bertu. For I, 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 he says it with such conviction, I, I, I'm the, I'm the heir of Ilsiner. Uh, what evidence do you have that this be so? Candace says, only this, the ring of Baradir, heirloom of Sildur's line. Cursed Bertu says, I see, yes, uh, the plastic ring looks very nice. Uh, we will fulfill our oath at last, uh, that the heir may lift the curse. Uh, tell your men. <laughs> Cursed Bertu says, but that, uh, now that I look upon your ring, I think you have won it at one of those, uh, what do they call, uh, games of chance at a, at a f carnival festival. It is plastic. It is not the ring of battle here, and you are not the heir You are betrayed. You must escape the forsaken road. Yes, because in Soviet ended with the dead lie and kill on you. All right, that's that's my impression. This is how I say it in my mind every time I do the forgotten road. And let me say, this is probably the seventh time I've done this instance. I'm guessing. <laughs> anyway, my champ is now in drum trang, where the mobs are still green and the killing is easy. Uh, he completed a Halls of Crafting run, which is a champion's dream of an instance, and also took a quick break to help out on a four-man forges run with three other level 60s. Uh, just trying to fill in a few deeds here and there when I get a chance for instances in the 60s and 70s, because, uh, you know, my champ still needs some virtue build-outs, obviously. Uh, I might need to do a, a blue tanking line for when that happens again, when I have the other... Uh, characters out level they're on level right and they're like oh we have a fourth who's a 71 um, so if we bring him along we probably don't need six uh, but in that case it would help if you had more aggro right I only got one aggro skill and it's single target you know you can build aggro obviously through DPS if you can reach everything and it's not spread out but there were a couple times when I couldn't reach all the mobs and other people got killed sorry uh, so, the big question coming up on my champ is, how much to do in Dunland, and when should I skip ahead to gain my war steed? Stay tuned. Arcade, 57, nope. Warden, 50 throw, nope. High Elf Warden, level 20, nope. And other Tolkien news, uh... Probably some yup in there somewhere, but I can't think of it right now. I think we better move on, if we're ever going to end this, to the fourth beacon of Aralas. What followed was perhaps the greatest Aralas beacon ever known to man, but it would lost to the echoes of time. <laughs>
or it happened. It happened like the beacons experienced a technology fail. As I predicted, Lotro froze, took down Aralas. The whole mountain decimated, lying in pieces on the ground, spread out across Farinorian as if Mount Doom had exploded underneath it. We'll attempt to recreate it, but those of you who are here and were viewing know that it cannot be duplicated. It can only be um, replicated or uh, copied or inferiorly done. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, get back to what I was going to discuss during Aralas or what I did discuss during Aralas, and that is... Um, the announcement of legendary servers in Lotro. So uh, this may be old news to some of you. By the time this podcast came out, it was uh, it was tweeted about today. Uh, Lotro put together a short video showing a Middle Earth map with the different expansions of Lotro going backwards from Mordor to Gondor to Riders of Rohan to uh, uh, Rise of Isengard, etc., uh, all the way back to Mines of Moria and ending with the Shadows of Angmar uh, debut. And uh, what has been described is that VIP subscribers and lifetimers will have access to a new legendary server in Lotro, which is being premiered. And um, that legendary server in Lotro will, will go back to the origins of the game in terms of content and level, uh, or areas and level. Um so we'll feature the first 50 levels of the Shadows of Angmar. And uh, with some game and lifestyle improvements uh, tech and bug fixes that have occurred during that time frame. Uh, but none of the new functionality or areas or quests or deeds that followed uh, post-level 50. Um, so... Basically, there's an FAQ out there which describes a number of different questions that people might have. This is not what is being referred to as a classical server. A classical server would be the game as it premiered with no changes whatsoever. That is not the case. The legendary server is going back to uh, the original content, uh, but not the original functionality of the game. So, for example... Uh, in the original game, when you were trading out your class, you had trade slots that were opened up as you leveled and or completed class quests, and you were able to earn skills that you could slot into those slots. In this case, they are not going back to that system. Uh, you are still using class trait trees. However, you only have class trait points from the first, first 50 levels of the game to slot into there. Um, since they're going back to the original 50 levels, there'll be new legendary items, which will make some people very happy. Uh, bug fixes for regions and quests in those first 50 levels will be will be corrected and I assume um, you know a lifestyle improvements such as a uh, quest finder in the minimap will be present as opposed to going back to the days where you had to follow the quest description um, just by the text and the directions it would give you to try to find the objectives of the quest which was certainly uh, you know much more difficult gaming experience um, so what has been announced is that the expansions will come out at regular intervals. No schedule yet announced, but the initial intention is perhaps every four months to premiere a major new expansion of the game. 
the legendary books, like for Volume One, will premiere. Uh, you know, will be basically introduced to the game uh, periodically, as they were in the initial releases, and um, there will be no PVMP. Uh, which was another question that would happen. There is only one legendary server which will come out. It will be integrated into the current launcher. Uh, so you won't need a separate launcher like you do with Bullroar. Uh, you can just choose the new world from your screen and go to your legendary set. Um, the classes that classes and races that have been introduced to the game, uh, such as uh, Warden, Runekeeper, Bjorning, and High Elf, will all be available at those initial levels, uh, which is an interesting twist, I think. And, uh, you know, I think those are kind of most of the major announcements uh, that were available. So, uh, you know, I've already seen some people in chat in the game saying, why do this when you have the Stone of the Tortoise? You're diluting the player base, diverting them to another server when they can play on the active servers they are, just using Stone of the Tortoise not to advance past level 50. And I think there's a major difference in being able to do this um, in this way. Everybody playing on that server will be introduced to the content at the same level level and then at the same time. So you're going to see some of these original regions um, full of characters, which in case for a lot of players that have joined the game late, you never got to experience. You never got to experience an Arid Luin with people scrambling hither and thither, a North Downs with everybody going through Fornost during the same time, uh, an Anuminos where everybody was running the Anuminos cluster simultaneously, and uh, common demand for Karndoom, Urgarth, and Rift, for example, uh, where people are all going through that content simultaneously. So we're going to see full regions, earlier regions of the game. We're going to see characters at the same level of progression approximately as they move through. And we're going to see lots of pugs for those early instances that are were level cap when that content came out. Uh, yes, you can replicate that experience by going to a kin that uh, uses Stone of the Tortoise and caps characters level 50. But that's not the same as seeing all those characters you know, simultaneously running through that zone and seeing that demand for that gear in those instances uh, at that time. Um, without the entanglements of being you know, drawn forward to later areas of the game or rushing forward and, and so forth. So I, is, I do think it is a unique experience. I've seen you know, people calling for classic servers and Lotro, and I know that they exist for some MMOs from the past, like I think like Ultima Online and things like that that were way back. Uh, some of them are even player run at some point in time. But uh, this is an interesting twist, and... My first reaction is, you know, I came into the game a couple, you know, maybe three or four months before the Mines of Moria, and I did all the Shadows of Angmar content for the most part, uh, you know, as areas that the game had passed by. Everybody was in Moria when I was going through Angmar or when I was going through the Misty Mountains. Uh, you know, I never got to do the Heligrod raids until much later when, you know, they were scaled and people started going back to do them, things like of that nature. So my first reaction is, yeah, I'd like to experience those. You know, I feel like that's the first nine months of the game or so that I never got to experience in that fashion, and it would be cool to go back and try to do so. Um, so initial reaction is positive from my perspective. Plus, I'm a lifetimer, so I get free access. I do think there are people that are interested in this kind of experience that may return to the game for it out of nostalgia. Um, so hopefully, maybe a you know, small revitalization in player base. To me, the key is how much work does it take to disentangle the functionality and the quest threads uh, you know that lead you vector to new areas and all those other things and the you know the epic quests and so forth and piecemeal them out 
and be able to QA those instances in a way that it's a quality experience without slowing the pace of uh, content which is already committed to. They've already said, you know, this is not going to impact our plans for the game. Um, you know, this will be done in parallel. But obviously, it takes some bandwidth to be able to do that uh, segregation of all that content and data and uh, and to be able to QA it to make sure that it is of quality. So there's going to be a siphoning off of resources to some degree. So I'm excited as long as it, you know, hopefully the technology is advanced enough and that they vetted this concept to the point where it will not subtract uh, you know, significant resources away from the game in order to be able to do this, that I would think would be a negative. But overall, I, th I do think it is a positive. It certainly got the community talking, and uh, hopefully we'll see some old players return to the game, maybe that were you know, dis uh, disenchanted with uh, some of the newer releases that have come out in the direction the game has gone since then. So, uh, interesting times, and we'll have to see what the timeline is for this new server to come about and uh, how it's received the from the community. Uh, but uh, interesting stuff and timely. Uh, you know, if, hey, if we didn't have this news, I would have been reading the uh, latest dot 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 release notes to you and uh, commenting on them. So you you got saved from that uh, for perspective. And with that, we will move on with uh, a reconstituted Aralas to our next segment. That brings us to the beacon of Minrimon. And now for the originally weekly sponsor segment. This week's show is brought to you by Middle Earth's favorite Halloween candy bar, the Mars Bars. When the slave master says, you refuse to work, but you still need a rest, I'll give you a rest. Reach for a Mars Bars. No power is stronger than Mars Bars. Except maybe the hunger of a giant rampaging troll with two giant wrecking ball-sized clubs. Bars will gnaw your bones, but he'd much rather have a chocolatey gooey rift classic like a Mars Bars. So don't bring the cavern down on yourself when you're hungry. Instead, grab a yummy Mars Bars. Anyone else need a rest? Mars. <laughs> Yes, moving on to Callanhad. You know what? I have a sneaking suspicion that that drunk effect that I had in the other in the game was what crashed me in the previous beacon, which is uh, regrettable. I like having the music of the game behind me as I'm uh, podcasting, but uh, until I'm not drunk anymore, it may be at a risk. I think I'll be doing frequent saves until my fob noggin ale you know what I better get rid of it I've got to find three more effects of the fog noggin ale fog noggin so let me run around and see if I can find those real quick spoiler alert let me see what's means helper I don't see anything over here nothing strange this way Ermintrude Haybank let me go over to the nothing at the entrance to the Ooh, here's a freshly baked pie. That looks like it's one of them. Or right, maybe not. A festival goer. Oh, wait. There's a ring. Let me go see what's over here. Ooh. Scary sounds. This area's cool. I like it. Ooh, there's another stomping shrew. Eh. He's got me... What sort of vile illusion is this? Sudden terror grips you and you feel more alert. Ooh, I found a spider. Ew. It's huge. 
gosh, this is going to take some searching. I don't have time for this. I've got a beacon to do. All right. Uh, steaming stein. Maybe I'll try that. Will that help? I'm drinking it. You know, when you're in trouble from drinking, more drinking is always the key. You're not entirely certain if that was coffee, but you feel a bit better. Okay, that's five of six. Oh, I bet I gotta eat that pie over there. I didn't see that pie before. A spider pie. That's how you fix it. Ooh, those creepy kids collecting it. The strong scent of blackberry pie heightens your sentence and your appetite. There it is. The drunk effect is wearing off. Uh, whew. And I can go talk to Halinard Bunce and tell him, Yo, dude, that stuff was off the hook. Give me some more. Three festival tokens and 95,434 XP. Ooh, and participated in harvest festival activities. Seven of seven. How about that? That means I can talk to Rosa Hornblower. A lovely day, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a lovely day. Oh, it's a lovely day. That's uh, from Mad Max, isn't it? Very good. Alright, without the drunk effect, maybe I won't crash. And I can move on to the beacon with confidence. Six beacon of Callan had. I wanted to talk about my first impressions of update 23. Um, first of all, I logged into a letter from Thrain. What a surprise. And he brought me back to Erebor, uh, wherein I got to observe some of the changes to Erebor and the extensions of Erebor that came out during the update. And I have to say, these were long overdue. So if you are a, a viewer of the show, and you know you're not viewers. You, you know you're not a viewer, right? Um, you know that I've discussed the fact that I was disappointed that Erebor was not expanded from what was available from the Alliance system. Uh, just the one big long haul, which basically echoed almost uh, what was available, um, you know, basically Thorns Hall, right? Very similar in structure. Actually, Thorns Hall had more because it has the side areas and the caverns. So they did extensions of Erebor, and while they're not as extensive as I would hope, they are a welcome addition uh, to give it depth uh, and a little bit more of that uh, dwarvish magic in terms of especially the side tunnels where the housing areas are uh, with the giant vaulted caves and so forth. Um, so they reused the entryway from the Battle for Erebor. Why did it take so long to do that? Not sure why it wasn't in the original game since it was already basically developed. And they added mining tunnels off to one side, yes. And the homesteads. The homesteads are really the highlight. Now you're talking about cool dwarven stuff uh, on the scale, the grand scale that you would hope for in Erebor. Uh, you know, if, I, I, I would if they wanted to do a whole expansion that was just more stuff in Erebor, I'd be all for it. But this was a nice addition. It definitely flushed it out, made it feel a bit more real. Uh, there are crafting and full facility hubs there now, which is good. The theater that they created in the back is great. It's very grand. Uh, I soloed a song to an empty house when, <laughs> when to, to go up and break it in. 
I think I think the aesthetics of the Blue Theater in Minas Tirith are maybe my favorite still, but this rivals that in terms of scope and coolness. So very well done. Uh, fell down cracks and died in the new area. Check um, the connection to the Funi and Fusi gem cutters from Origion originally uh, that we met up with at Echad Origion. I liked. Uh, love to see those characters recurring that we meet from earlier in the storylines. Uh, Gandalf's Wizard Tower, complete with a robe and a hat on a hook, is fun. Uh, Scholar's Hall, etc. So, all cool stuff. Uh, so, at that point, after running around and doing some, you know, some prep and uh, learning a bit more about some of the new characters that we're going to be introduced to, we are sent east to dispel rumors. And I was confused, okay? So, I'll, I'll be up front coming out and say I was ill-informed about update 23. I knew we were going to the Grey Mountains. Uh, I knew about uh, the dragons. I knew the Withered Heath I'd heard of. Uh, I did not know that we were going to the Iron Hills as well. So I was expecting to be sent west by the quests from out of Erebor. And instead I was sent east. And I was very pleasantly surprised to see the new maps of the Iron Hills to the east. Um, so double your pleasure, double your fun. I was ill-informed and I got a very nice surprise. Um, I was expecting basically what was available to the west. And so we got a whole new landscape and hub to the east. I wasn't aware it was going to be in the game. And I was very excited. Uh, the Iron Hills, which I will call the bonus region now, had uh, you know a number of different storylines moving through it. There's uh, the story of Keel and Othi. There's the stories of Nain and Durin. The story of Tuhal and the refugees from out of the east. And the story of the dwarven factions of Zulika, which are all kind of interwoven and uh, which bring the area to life. Um, Storylines were very well done. I was immediately immersed in what was going on on a number of different levels. Uh, this area was beautiful and unique. The first thing I said is, where is Wild E. Coyote? And uh, did they rename, rename the Lotro store Acme, where we can get, you know, maybe some rocket-powered rollerblades uh, in order to repel the orcs from the region? Um, Scald's Drop was a really neat landscape feature I was not expecting. I'm interested in understanding if there are any um, parallels in the lore in the game that indicated that uh, that kind of landscape feature existed. If it was just an invention by SSG, uh, very well done and interesting indeed. Uh, Hammerstead, cool. Uttersby, uh, you know, a very conflicted area. Uttersby was the first time uh, I met a death in the new expansion. I was like, you know what? I haven't really pushed my limits and seen how many mobs I can take on. So I ran around under speed. I think I scooped up uh, probably eight or ten guys and uh, blew my cooldowns and almost made it. It was pretty close, but I got killed. And I was like, okay, so I'm not invulnerable as a guard anymore. That's that's good. That's good. I think that's positive that I have to you know, count how many mobs I get and be, maybe be a bit more careful. Um, Yarnfast, uh, when I crested the rise and uh, the bridges over the rivers and saw Yarnfast uh, ensconced in the cliffs uh, had a had a great impact on me in terms of you know the sight lines they set up for that I think they that's planned to me when they when they have the path crest a rise and go around a corner and you see it for the first time kind of built up into the walls there so that was very well done uh, the landscape quests I thought were 
you know, more of the same, but with some new different things that were interesting uh, that I enjoyed. Um, you know, a couple new twists, a couple companions to follow us around in certain circumstances. You know, again, if, if the storylines are good, I don't mind them having me collect stuff around a region that I'm exploring for the first time so I can get a feel for the space, the physicalness of the space. And uh, I, you know, when it's, when the space is done that well and the landscape is done that well, then I don't mind traversing it in order to complete quests. So that's a great help. There are new critters in the area. Most of them are, you know, variations on, you know, skins of beasts we've seen before. Rams, hillpiece, cave claws, lynx, wolves, lizards, easterlings. You know, nothing particularly new. But uh, obviously one of the highlights of the region, if you have not seen it yet, is the dwarf version of the Argonath where we carve an entire mountain into a dwarf emerging from the landscape. Uh, take that, Gondor. <laughs> we can do giant statues as good or even bigger than you, although maybe not as tall since we're dwarfs. Uh, good point. So let's talk about the new region, the Great Mountains, which I've not completed yet. Um, early quest hubs, uh, introducing you to the region, Dom Gur, the Bitter Scar. Sounded like the Bitter Stare to me. <laughs> uh, maybe a reference there. Uh, Withered Heath was a fun, cool area that uh, obviously has ties to the lore. And then I got to Scarhold, and uh, Scarhold um, surpassed my expectations in terms of the scope and scale of the ruins. Uh, and although the interior space is limited, I will say that I spent quite a bit of time running around Scarhold trying to finish off the quest there, introducing you to that, uh, that, qu that's that ancient city. And I got lost many, many times. <laughs> Took a long time to find my way around. I still don't think I know my way around very well. But I know that I'm going to get it because I'm going to be in there quite a lot. And I'm already better at it than I was. I'm starting to learn how to get around in it to get to the places I need to. And uh, so well done that it wasn't so easy and that there was enough complexity to it and depth to it that it took. Uh, it's going to take some time to master. Uh, which I personally appreciate. Yes, it's confusing your first character through, uh, but uh, you know it's worth getting to know when the landscape is done that well. I'll say it again. Uh, the Forest of Thornholt uh, on the Oynes Bridge area. I still have to do uh, Glimmer Deep, and I think it's called. Let me see. Let me go up to Ered Mithrin Stormwall. So I still have Stormwall, Glimmer Deep, and of course Thickle Gundu to explore on the map. And I would say that the quests surpassed expectations in this area for me. There are some kind of new types of quests that I haven't seen before. A lot, lot of the same, obviously, but some new uh, things that I thought were interesting or different. Um, new monsters. Uh, again, reskinned monsters of the past. Drakes, worms, and drakelings will constitute a lot of your fighting. Grims, laugh bears, lynx, wargs, falcons, moose, wolverines, bees. Uh, the best new addition, uh, I'll give it a little bit of a spoiler alert, when you find the uh, Ar Arachnid Brethren to uh, the race that we first encountered in Evendim, um, those were kind of the coolest looking new monsters that I had seen and uh, thought they were really neat. Uh, kind of an interesting concept and, and certainly something different. Uh, I guess maybe you might call them the Arachnidane. We'll see... Uh, We'll see how that, that story develops. But uh, that, that was kind of the coolest new thing that I saw in the region. Uh, there are, again, multiple stories to follow through here. Dory's group, D the Ark of uh, Durin, Son of Thrain, and the Black Book. Um, 
Bragg has completed the black book in the new area, which is exciting, and done the Ederfang instance, which popped at level 118. So I ran, went ahead and ran that solo, was able to complete it pretty, pretty easily with a guard without any deaths. Um, it took me a while at the end fight to realize that I was supposed to turn around and go back and knock down the pillars since I was as a guard of course and a tank was soloing the dragon head. Uh, the dragon in Ederfang is very different actually and fun. Um, so we haven't seen a dragon quite like him in the past in other instances that I've done. Uh, unless maybe Fingar from the Abyss looks like him although because I, I haven't seen him yet. We'll get back to that I'm sure soon. Uh, so um, you know gosh the landscapes of the Everid Mithran and the Iron Hills, uh, they might be my favorite in the game right now. May, you know, part of me wants to hold withhold judgment because they're so new, but I really love these landscapes. I think the the Forest of Thornholt. You know, they've learned a lot of lessons. It's different again, but it's not so crowded that it's hard to navigate. Uh, the rifts and cliffs and you know delvings and uh, vantage points that they put in the map for you to find when you're at elevation, um, you know, are really stunning. Uh, so fantastic job SSG with the stuff that you're always good at that we've come to expect. Um, now the downside is there've been a number of problems with uh, releases. Some of them I recounted earlier. Uh, you know they're getting to that stuff with the dot releases. I always think. I always think they could use one more uh, version of the landscape content than they than they get out, because the people that race through the content are going to find that stuff more quickly than you can fix it typically. But uh, I'm talking about you, uh, grappling hooks and scar hold. <coughs> but uh, great stuff. Obviously, we've got a new crafting tier and stuff. I haven't really explored crafting. I've been collecting materials wherever I go so that I can move my folks through the crafting tiers as I hit them. Uh, you know, apparently there are some some issues with the approach to the new loot, embers and stuff like that. You know, ashing level 350 items with, you know, I'm getting these level 350 items with no essence slots and having to compare that with level 345 stuff I have with one to two essence slots, you know, and, you know, it's not better. So I'm, I'm, I'm counting on the, the instant stuff to be better um, and not the landscape gear. But certainly, it's, it seems like if you haven't gone through the Northern Kingdoms and geared up, you could do pretty well with landscape gear here. That's pretty comparable. Um, the music in the new region is good. I need to experience it more to comment more fully, but I've been excited by it. Uh, the Hobbit redesign was slight. I think I might like it a little better than the old. You know, the facial features are just a little smoother. Um, the hair is not quite as... Uh, striking so you know that could be good or bad depending on your preference uh, but it's decent I, th I think I've kept the new look uh, my two hobbits that I have at level cap for now and uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes as I try them on for size but initial impression is okay but underwhelming you know I think the avatar changes over the last couple updates were were nice but a little underwhelming for how much work I think had to go into them from my perspective. You know, something that was asked for for a long time. I think people expected it maybe to be a bit more impactful. And, uh, you know, they just couldn't do it with the game engine. But it's decent. It's nice. Um, not going to complain. And combat challenge of the new zone. So, you know, again, I go through with a guard. My first character, I like doing that. He's hardy. Uh, you know, I think I've died once or twice from falling off cliffs, maybe, or into holes. Um, 
but maybe only once or twice via landscape mobs on the whole map, and that's just getting a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit aggressive. You know, for the most part, people are doing the content, so you're going to see other people in your region that will help you out, which is always fun. It's fun to see that kind of camaraderie and, and helpfulness. And, uh, you know, for a guard who just goes through the region slowly, sturdily but slowly, it certainly speeds things up if you can find a, you know, a hunter or a lore master to tag along with, and they're usually grateful for you uh, taking some of the, uh, the aggro from multiple mobs as well. So... Uh, encouraged grouping through the new update. So I'm very excited so far. I'm interested to see the end of some of the stories in the area. And, and I think I'm, because of the quality of the landscapes, I'm looking forward to taking multiple tunes through more so than I did the Northern Kingdoms. Uh, I love the Dwarven architecture, and the regions are great. So I'll give them uh, high marks on that, lower marks about quality of some of the releases, uh, the loot schemes, and the leveling curves that they've had to deal with. Uh, but they're working on it, and uh, hopefully they'll fine-tune it and get it right. So that's my initial impressions of the new updates. Uh, I'd love to hear what you're thinking about them. If you want to send me a message out on like thebeacons.com or on Twitter or uh, via email, any of those methods would be great. And uh, I'll recount them in the next part of the podcast. So let's move on to Callanhad. That brings us to Halifurian. We ran out of time to squander. It's time for Blessed Relief. I'm officially slamming the door on the 90th episode of Light the Beacons. You know, I've been avoiding this, but it's time to say that I can smell the century mark around the corner. I am in the 90s officially. It's not going to happen this year. Obviously, be lucky if I get uh, even a couple more podcasts in by the end of the year, given the holidays. But uh, I am at this point starting to think about what it might mean if I could get to the century mark. It'd be very exciting. Um, in the coming episodes, I may start asking for input on what you'd like to hear, what you'd like to see, what you thought highlights were on previous episodes of the podcast. Uh, and hopefully collecting some of those reflections and feedback uh, for whatever I tend to do level 100. I'll, uh, I'll make a, a pie crust promise, easily made, easily broken, that I intend to do more than I did for level 50 when I told people I was going to do something special, and I did nothing. Uh, so I would love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, your constructive critique. You can contact me at bragsonofbalan at gmail.com. That's brag with two A's. The second A stands for Avalanche on the new region. Facebook or Twitter at bragsonofbalan. My website at lightthebeacons.com where you can post comments directly on my podcast. I kindly request you take the time to create an iTunes review like Pum Deor did. If perchance you're so inclined, I would very much appreciate it. If your comments incite me to forsake my legendary Hobbit empathy, I will try to include them in the next podcast or at least respond in some way. I don't know how long it will be to the next podcast. We have uh, some conflicts in real life coming up, which is why I had to jam this episode in this week. So hope you enjoyed it. It might be a few weeks before you hear from me again. Uh, hopefully we'll cross paths sometime in the mid-Novembers. Uh, in the meantime, I hope you've laughed either at or with me. I hope you might have learned at least a little something you didn't know before, or perhaps looked at the game with a slightly different perspective. And most of all, I hope you enjoy your week in Middle Earth with these creepy hobbits of the corn giggling at me. 
This is Bragg, the son of Balin, freaking out and reminding you that if it ain't Baruch, don't fix it. And the next time you try to rollerblade across the log bridge to get to the top of Nars Peak and Endwaith, don't despair. Light the beacons. Ha ha! I hope you all have a spooky harvest, Math. Ho 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 ho! Put on your 3D glasses!